Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Simple Homesteading Life Podcast. I am Anne and Justin is back with me. And I am surprised that you guys have enjoyed his company quite so much. And we've actually had requests. He just looks at me. We've actually had requests. We've actually had requests as to when he is going to be back. Initially, I do um, releases on Friday, but our schedule and his schedule has been a bit crazy. He did have to work this weekend. So we are just now getting around to recording a second episode with my husband, Justin. And um, it's kind of fun to have them because you get to see a partial glimpse of our relationship and how it really is. And today we're going to talk about something a little fun. I thought for the sake of having Justin on, we keep it a little light as possible, but we do want to educate you on some of the things that he does around the homestead. But this episode, I'm just still trying to, you know, get his feet wet a little bit and things like that. So um, we're going to talk about whether or not we can survive the zombie apocalypse apocalypse or not now he doesn't know the questions i'm about to ask which i thought would be a lot funnier but i hope that you guys stick around to hear what it would take for us to survive the zombie apocalypse and his take on the whole thing okay say hi 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 (laughs) all right so the first question is just basic and simple do you think we will survive the zombie apocalypse the metaphorical zombie apocalypse I don't or know. the real the real zombie apocalypse you know okay know. so let, let, let's just talk <laughs> the metaphorical zombie apocalypse with the real zombies in there and things like that and people you know kind of like what we we just watched um i am legend again we it's one of my favorite shows and um so we just watched it with the kids and two of the kids had never seen it before so let's talk about that zombie apocalypse from i am legend do you think we will survive that aspect of it I think we do a better than most for sure. So just so you know, anytime we, I joke around about the zombie apocalypse with friends and stuff like that, we're told that, well, we're coming to your compound. <laughs> and I have this very legitimate question. And the question always is, what can you contribute to coming to our compound? So, so the first question to you is, what do we look for if we're going to allow anybody to our, our compound? I, I guess we would allow family, right? <laughs> Will we allow family to come to our compound? I mean, not if they're dead weight, I guess. Um, dead weight. You mean they have to have a skill? Is we that what you're saying? We don't just want eaters. <laughs> no, we don't want eaters. Uh, okay, so so we would allow family, obviously. So, But what skills do we want to come into this whole thing? You know, I would say the most important things to have in a situation like that are food and water and shelter. No, what skills? I, yes. So those skills have to be geared toward that. So food, uh-huh. you're not, you're going to run out of canned food eventually, right? So you're going to need people that can forage. You're going to need people that can hunt. You're going to need people that have firearms or no other means of hunting. So I'd say those are the base, basic requirements. And then as for shelter, you need people that can build, you know. So so you're basically looking for like construction, uh, foraging skills, hunting skills, and um, firearm skills. You said nothing. Of, what, what else? Those are, I guess, those are the three necessities, right? You, you got you to have water. You got to have food. You got to have shelter. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's, that's true. what you need. Okay, so you need someone who's willing to do the dirty work and get into it and stuff like that. So, 
you okay so he thinks about things like that i think about the overall okay we're in this knee deep we're like five years in now think about the walking dead so if you don't really you don't see the trend in which we like to watch The Walking Dead, I Am Legend, you know, kind of surviving shows like that. I mean, we used to joke around when we first met 16 years ago that um, we could do The Amazing Race together. And he, what, what do you think? Can we do The Amazing Race together? We're too old now. But okay, 16 years ago. Come on. 16 years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, 16 years ago. We could have done pretty good. Wrong. We would not have survived The Amazing Race together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we would not. We have type A personality and then we have Justin. Okay, I'm type A and that's Justin. So I don't think we would have survived because we would have probably killed each other by episode three, maybe four in truth, because this is me. And I'm going to tell you, and please correct me if I'm wrong, honey. This is me. This is what we need to do. And we need to do it now. Stop looking at your phone. Let's get it done. Come on, just do it. Just do it. And what What are you? What, do, what would you say to me <laughs> I that. would say ask nicely and maybe I will. <laughs> and that is true. But to me, it's like, okay, think, can't you see this big image picture of what I'm saying to you right now? And he just kind of like looks at me and goes, no, you're not making any sense at all. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. No. <laughs> so with that said, um, the amazing race isn't something that we could have have survived and probably would not be together now if we had done the amazing race at the very beginning of our relationship. Um, we've learned a lot. Don't get us wrong. We've learned a lot. Okay. Now back to the zombie apocalypse. So basically foraging skills and um, hunting skills are a necessity. Absolutely. Those are just traits that I would say that almost every homestead should either know how to do, or if they don't know how to do it, they should be able to barter for it. Right. So you have to have some sort of skill in order to achieve what you can't have, don't you think? Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on your yeah? <laughs> Remind me, he doesn't have any idea what I'm asking him, what I'm going to bring up. But obviously, he's just kind of like going along for the ride right now. I so. just got home from work, so you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. Okay. So the bar, the okay. So if you can't make your own beer and you want beer, but you have something else to trade, are you willing to trade for it? For beer, yes, I am willing to trade. <laughs> okay. So if you are not a hunter, right, or a forager, are you willing to barter your skills for something like that? Of course. Okay. That's the point I was trying to get and to. Luckily, I've got skills. You've got skills. <laughs> He's got skills. Okay. So we talked about the whole firearm aspect of it. Some of you guys don't keep firearms, but we do on our property. Um, we, we, we really teach our children the safety of it and also how to shoot as well, too. Um, our daughter, Lola, who's 12 years old, has been shooting since she was how old? Did you say 10? Start, started on BB guns when she was oh, yeah, that's right. four or five. Oh, yeah, BB guns. And she was really good back then. And she then was. we brought her to the range and we were shocked. We were shocked. Yeah. And then she just wants bigger guns. <laughs> so we were shocked. I was shocked. I didn't go with them the first time they went to the range. And he came back and showed me her mark. And I I, I just thought she was like five feet away from him. He was like, nope. How far was she at that time? 20, 30 feet? Mm, probably 30 feet. Yeah. 30 feet. And so she has only gotten progressively better since her first time out there. So yes, firearms is a big thing on our property. Um, you know, those of you who are listening from other countries that I know firearms are really frowned upon or, or you know, you guys don't have them. Um, you know, we are in the US and we do homestead and we wouldn't be able to protect our property from the predators that are here, like the cougars and the bobcats um, and the coyotes, which Washington state deems um, predatorial 
uh, nuisance animals and bears as well too. So they do encourage if they are doing destruction to your livestock and property that, you know, um, we could take matters into our own hands as long as we can prove that they're doing destruction. So with that said, construction, we talk about this all the time on the property. Construction is a necessity to surviving the zombie apocalypse because someone's got to build the wall, right? Yeah. <laughs> someone's got to build a fence and that keeps them out. Maintain a shelter. Yes, and maintain a shelter or even just, you know, be able to dig trenches to bring in water as well too, right? Yes. I'm sitting here looking at him and he's looking outside the window and I'm like, maybe we should not have done this today. And so, okay. So those are the skills and the key elements. We said we would bring our families on. Um, some of them. Some, <laughs> some of them. Okay. Say that here. Anyways. I'm not, okay. I'm not naming names. Okay. So some of them we would bring and some of them we would not bring. Um, and so. We'd barter with them though. We would barter with them. We'd probably help them set up their own compound, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, so it is a skill. And then I think about our children and whether or not what our adult children could contribute to this. And they'd probably be mad. So we're not going to single them out, our adult children. But there are a handful of our adult children where I would say, oh, yes, you need to come. You need to come and stay with us. And the other ones, I would say, go stay with your in-laws. And then we will help you as much as possible. Do any of them listen to this? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> But anyways, we do love our children. Of course, our children, our grandchildren would come. We're just joking. Um, okay. So basically, in order to get through this and in order to do what we do, I mean, we would have to start from basically ground zero in being able to get seeds, save seeds, right? And things like that. And I think we're in a pretty good situation to be able to do so. And I think the area that we reside in, we could probably much forage. It would definitely be the hunter-gatherer diet in that sense. And um, we have this amazing forage book for the Pacific Northwest. So if you do not have a forage book for your location and where you reside, find one. Um, I, Lola and I, when she was younger, used to bring it out all the time and walk the property and try to find things. And there were things that I would never have thought about consuming that we could actually consume. And um, I think it was funny because one of them was what we call a horsetail grass. Is that what it's called? That, mm -hmm. that thing. And he was like, that's such a nuisance in its ball. And I was like, but you can eat that. It doesn't taste good. <laughs> it doesn't taste good. Well, you have to buy it when it's young. You have to buy it. You have to harvest it when it's young. Forage it for it when it's young. That shoot is supposed to apparently taste like asparagus almost in a sense. It doesn't. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of things I made him eat that he doesn't like. He is shocked. The other thing that I made him try was stinging nettles. Um, stinging nettles actually tastes like spinach when you harvest it young. I enjoyed it. He yeah. kind of got freaked out it's by a, it. It's okay. Yeah, he kind of got freaked out by it a little it's not bit. Horrible. You, I, I, I'd eat it if I needed it. To, need to survive on it. Yeah, and the other thing, um, uh what else do we we had um the berries we have salmon berries and blackberries all dandelions. over the place here dandelions for salad and tea and things like that so we had a blast playing around with our foraging book so again find a foraging book for your area and location and if you can find a mushroom identification for your area as well too that'll be excellent because that's a great source of you know you know food intake that's going to fill you immediately on something like that the other thing is water right we talk about water. We, I mean, our water here is exceptional. Yeah, we're, we're lucky as far as water goes where we're at. I mean, it, it just comes down the hillside right to us. And it's natural spring and it's clean water. We get our well tested twice a year. And um, 
it, it's just it's clean it's clean like you can literally take your hand cup our water and drink it and it would be amazingly clean however if you are you know going about we talk about this all the time i talk about getting a brita is that what you call it a brita brincia what do you call that thing the berkey is it a berkey berkey the there, berkey there, yeah there is a Brita, that's yeah, that's the thing you. No, we want the big one, the, the big stainless steel one, the one that costs like three hundred dollars <laughs> that we don't own, by yeah, the way. That's the Berkey. Yeah, so that one is it's got a charcoal filtration system in it, and it's really a good system to have if you can have it. You just have to be able to replace it. Of course, if you're on the go, you know sometimes you got to run from zombie apocalypse. You <laughs> would want you know charcoal filled straws, right? What yeah, else? Yeah. What else do you think that would be on that? We've talked about this like numerous times, getting a first aid our situation in together. If we had an evac, you have 25 pounds to carry on your back for yeah. each individual. So what, what would you take? Luckily, you know, the freeze dryer, you could pack as much food as you wanted in there. And that would be pretty light. Well, the first thing I'm grabbing is uh, a firearm and as much ammo oh, as God. I can carry. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you need something to start fires with, whether that's uh, lighters, matches, flints. Yep. We saw that one time I bought matches and it wasn't a strike anywhere match. I was like thinking I was being this great individual and I bought like five boxes of 500 in a box. We just finished them. We just finished them. <laughs> we bought them like years ago. And um, Justin looks at him and goes, I was like, oh my gosh, babe, look, I bought matches. And he's like, oh, that's great. He reads the box and he goes, what are these? And I'm like, they're matches. He goes, honey, they're not strike anywhere matches. And I was like, so? And he goes, you can only use them with this box. <laughs> One of the boxes got wet. <laughs> I remember that. And I had to transfer them into a Ziploc bag to use them for a new box. It was it was a mess. It was a big mess. What else? What else do you think that you can carry? 25 pounds in a zombie apocalypse. We talked about matches, charcoal filtration straws, freeze-dry foods. Um, if you guys don't know, we own a freeze-dryer. We own a Harvest Right freeze-dryer, as a matter of fact. And um, I'm going to give you the um, link to it. We actually... Um, we enjoy it. When he was working out of town um, for a year, we used to, I used to send stuff up with him, ham, salsa, um, just a whole bunch of food, canned foods and stuff like that they would take to cut the expense of it. And um, and I got to play with the freeze dryer while he was gone immensely. I think I freeze dried, our favorite was avocado. We just basically- um, Strawberries. Oh, he loved the, the strawberries. Yeah. Well, the kids liked the apples. He liked the strawberries, you know, just foods at that. But the avocados were great because with mm -hmm. lime water, we reconstituted it for um, guacamole. And he had ham that he made into fried rice when he got up there. It was, it was, it's a great tool to have. I mean, it's an expense, but it's a great tool to have. And I'll put that link in the description for you. So food- Anything else? Oh, first aid is important for that. It first is, aid. We're always lacking on first. We're always scrabbling. Anytime yes. Somebody yeah. gets a cut. Or, or we're burn, horrible yeah, first we're, aiders. We're, we're terrible. Yeah. We got it better. We got to up that game. We do. We need to have something that's ready to go. And I think what the ready to go bit of it is, is that, um, you know, having your home equipped is better than nothing, but having something to take with you. I mean, again, 25 pounds, you guys. So what are you going to take? Um, I think that's a deeper episode that I can go into with you guys later about what we have in a pack and why we have it. But keep in mind, those are other things. Um, and not only that, when you travel, you should have something 
in your car. Like that in your car, in the yeah. trunk of your car. Absolutely. A friend gave us um, probably almost 15 years ago, a, a small, tiny bag for Christmas. It was mm -hmm. tiny. I was like, what the heck is in this bag that's going to keep us alive? A couple of granola bars. <laughs> uh, let's see. Space blankets. Space blankets. That was good. Yeah. That was yeah. good. Hand warmers were in there. Um, and then uh, water. She had water in there as well, mm -hmm. too. Um, and then she had some um, Tylenol. There was Tylenol oh, right. in there. Yeah, there was Tylenol in there. And um, just a couple of other things that were just pretty much, if you know, it looked like we were prepared for a snowstorm if we should hit the road, but we don't get enough snow here to have that. Not but right. no, everyone's in a blue moon and stuff like that. Um, okay, so in a sense of something like this, you know, you heard my episode before this was episode three. And I talked about our little bit of time, my personal experience of living off grid and what I felt uh, about the whole thing. And I gave you a quick little recap of what Justin had said about this time. And I will tell you, and I'm going to have him talk about it for a little bit of a second is I will repeat again. I enjoyed it. It was work, but I enjoyed it. I really did. I had a, a newfound awakening of what skills I need to really hone in on. And one of them was I've got to get better at cooking over the wood stove. That was one thing. I mean, making stews and soups were really easy. And then on top of that, um, going ahead and cooking foods like um, red meat and meat as a whole was, you know, really great. We had our camp stove that had propane, but when that's out, what do we do at that point? You know, that was my contribution to something like that. Um, what do you think about your experience? Like we had to keep the fire, wood stove going the whole day. Yeah. And it would be really nice to come up with a way to take hot showers yeah. <laughs> in a situation like that, which, uh, yeah, well, not we every even, day. We couldn't even take a cold shower with the, uh, no power to the pump house because the generator died. Yeah, that was, that was a bit tough. That was a bit tough. Um, and so we were just, we, when we finally got the roads cleared, we sent everybody to our friend's house across the way and, um, who had power through their generator. Now our generator was only running, only runs our freezers. Um, everything else we were black, we were completely black out on that. And then, um, candles, lanterns, um, camp stove, and then the, um, wood stove. And that was about it. Um, yeah, so so in a complete societal collapse, <laughs> we like hot showers. We, we are definitely <laughs> gonna have to figure out the hot shower thing. <laughs> you know, other than the boiling the water and stuff like that. You know, our neighbor Reed actually. Oh my gosh, this is brilliant! I totally forgot about this. Reed has an old stove, old wood stove that he took from a, a construct. He he does con uh, contract work. He's a private contractor, and then he hooked up. A, a galvanized big tub and a pipe into it mm -hmm. and he lit the wood stove really well and it was hot water warm water so that might be something that's that we might good, have to look for another enough. stove we might enough. have to look for another stove something warm it was cold it was cold um so you know is there anything else besides a hot besides a hot shower for you <laughs> that you think that we could have improved on in our skills um you know It'd be nice to figure out a way to get water closer to the house instead of that having to cross the road to go to the pond or it's not even 
across the road, like 15 steps. Seriously. Okay, well, it's across the driveway. (laughs) Oh, no, but then we have, okay, that's our pond. Across the driveway is our pond. That's, we would pull up water from that to flush the toilets and things like that. But water for like the animals and that whatnot. If you follow up me on Instagram, you saw us hauling water from the creek. Yeah, I I think I would divert the creek to go through the middle of the yard. Oh, okay. You're talking about a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Well, okay. isn't, isn't that what we're talking about? Yes. For a minute there, I got scared. <laughs> no, not not like okay. not like tomorrow or anything. Okay. But, but in a situation where we regularly need to to get water outside of the home, uh, yeah, I would I would bring the creek closer to the house. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay. That I can understand. That I can understand. Um, the I you know uh, reverting back to like dishwashing was really hard it was really weird because camping i can wash dishes like a pro but for some reason at home in that sense because i didn't have our whole camping setup like i have this whole table that's a foldable table then i have these big buckets right these big bins that i would put water through filter through wash and go through it that way i was stupid i think for not setting that up um to make it easier for me it really i I, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking on that. Yeah, I, I don't know that we'd be worrying too much about dishes in an apocalypse. Well, how are you going to eat? What are you going to eat on? I, I guess out of your hands. No. Out, out We're big, talking about if you're living pot. in a compound. You're, you're going to be washing Whatever. dishes. You are going to wash dishes. <laughs> you have to wash dishes. You can't just like take your spoon, communal spoon and and share it out of communal pot. That's gross. That's how you get sick. Shut up. That's yuck. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> that grosses me out. Um, no, well, you I'll, have I'll to be, have I'll, be, I'll be out busy building the wall. <laughs> the zombie. You have to make a build wall for zombies. And a, and a watchtower. Well, if you built walls for uh, um, the I Am Legend, we'd be pretty much... They scale those walls. Now, if you were walking dead zombies, then they could not really scale it unless the bodies, the zombie bodies build up and then they climb on top of that. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, so see... <laughs> See, this is where our mind goes. This is how we think as a couple. <laughs> um, I'm talking about figurative zombies, not not literal ones. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yes. We just realized that we just talked for 18 minutes without even pausing to reclaim our thoughts on something. And he keeps touching my mask that I keep telling him don't touch because it's dirty. I have to wash it. <laughs> I keep pulling it out of his hands. Um, so we're going to recap real quick. So basically, can we survive the zombie apocalypse? Yes. <laughs> Do you think that we have the skill set to teach others? If, if, like, let's just say some straggler comes walking up to the gate, goes knock, knock, knock. Can we, can we come in? You know, we would let them in. Of course, we would let them in. Um, yeah. we would let them in, and then from there, what we would do is teach them a skill that they don't know but let's recap let's just recap and wrap it up because we're like already on like 30 minutes here what and then our dogs are barking okay so what skills top skills give me five skills that you say that someone needs to have to be invited to our compound if we were to like say okay if anything happens you can come you can come you can come what skills do they need to own um well we said food so along those lines hunting uh, foraging, uh, firearm skills, um, you need shelter. So building skills. And I mean, if you don't necessarily have those skills, as long as you've got, uh, a strong back and a willingness to learn and work your butt off, I, I guess that counts too. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely on something like that. It, and that's where, you know, you're at. You, you have to you have to be willing to survive it. I mean, we live on a fault line in Washington state. Like we we live on the fault line. If there is a major earthquake where we're at, we're right on the fault line and the likelihood of us getting off the fault line would be crazy. Crazy. We would have to literally cross the mountain to get down to the other side. And it's a pretty big mountain. Tiger Mountain is pretty huge. And then um, from there, we would have to go down and, and travel from that point. Um, we would not be able to drive out. There's no way. Everything would be walking for us. So so knowing that if we had to reestablish and set up something new somewhere else, we would definitely have that skill to be able to do so. And you know, with the general knowledge of knowing how to evac properly with what's going to go in your backpacks. And if you don't have something, a backpack ready for evac purposes, you definitely need to um, get that set up. And that's something that we could talk about later as well, too, on a different episode. So um, I, I wish Justin was a little bit more active today, but he did just get off work. And I did leave a pile of stuff in the in the drive to have him put away before he came inside. <laughs> she didn't ask nicely, so it's still there. Oh my gosh, you need to go put that stuff away. You need to put that stuff away. So anyways, so that's our episode of Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse and whether or not we can do it. Um, next week, this week, we're going to have two this week because um, we I wanted to really record one with Justin. But um, this Friday's episode will still release as normal. And then we will have Justin back out in about two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pushing him to do more I'll, than I'll this. I'll put it on my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> you mean I'll put it on our schedule. <laughs> and if you're nice, then I'll do it. Whatever. Gosh, you're a brat. All right, you guys. That's what we have for today. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, eventually, we'll get to something a little bit deeper. But I thought just because this is new for him, it's only his second episode. We'd keep it as light as possible. But there are a bunch of things that he does contribute to that we want to talk about um, in regards to homesteading as a whole. And, you know, a lot of us homestead with our spouses, while a lot of us do about 90% of the work ourselves. And then, you know, the other spouse works full time. Um, so we want to cover those bases, too. So, yes, we do talk about doing this as a couple and we do joke around quite a bit but there's a lot to be said about being able to homestead with a partner you know your spouse or just a partner as a whole and um getting the job done and running a su- efficient sustainable homestead so with that we're gonna leave we're gonna close out so thanks for being on here thank you for having me i really enjoyed it yeah <laughs> did you really of course okay that's enough to say i think he'll be back next time so have a great day you guys and i'll talk to you guys on friday bye